The biggest storyline I have for the Eagles this year are this team is full of question marks. I think that's the best way to put it. John, we'll start with you. What storylines you got today? I've got how the heck is this going to work? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I've, I've thought that for the last two or three months. Uh, so I, I think this is all interesting because we're so focused on a lot of different things that we really don't know how a COVID season is going to work. And for me, the biggest storyline going into this is I don't even know what the Eagles are running. I mean, we talk about Big Nickel. We talk about I really have no idea what, what anyone's doing. And, and moreover, I have no idea what's, what they're going to face in Washington either because no one has any idea what anybody's doing. Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Coach Gary. This is the Waterboys Podcast. Today, we are joined by John Barcher. What's up, fellas? And Jesus, Gary, is are you, you live next to a cricket farm? I, I can do. hear it from here. I live in the middle of the woods, guys. You just gotta, everyone's got to remember that. The Pine Barrens, to be exact. Pine Barrens. Which I heard there's like a haunted um, city like right down called like where a lot of guys like used to uh, do time travel. I read that the other day. It was a conspiracy theory. I, you know what? I don't put anything past these woods. We have a great show for you today. I'm uh, going to do a mostly, I think the whole show is going to be about an Eagles preview. The biggest storyline I have for the Eagles this year are this team is full of question marks. I think that's the best way to put it. They could easily start two and four or four and two in the first six games. Jim Schwartz saying kind of fuck the middle of the field, the linebacker position, not really addressing it. And then obviously running big nickel. John, we'll start with you. What storylines you got today? I've got how the heck is this going to work? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I've, I've thought that for the last two or three months, and not in terms of, you know, uh, obviously there's some a little bit of drama as we're all, like, kind of waking up to, oh, they're, oh, shoot, right, football season, Eagles. Doesn't that, first of all, doesn't that feel weird? Like, 100%. there hasn't been this big ramp up of uh, training camp, and there hasn't been all this hype to get excited about any, like, nothing. It's just like, oh, no, football is here. So I think that's weird. We're almost trying to play catch up and with the, you know, this is the first time that the NFL's had to have some competition. It's interesting. Like that was one of the first thoughts. I was like, wow, you've got the playoffs and the football season starting all at the same time. And baseball is just getting into the swing of things, no pun intended. Uh, So I, I think this is all interesting because we're so focused on a lot of different things that we really don't know how a COVID season's gonna work. And for me, the biggest storyline going into this is I don't even know what the Eagles are running. I mean, we talk about Big Nickel. We talk about I really have no idea what, what anyone's doing. And, and moreover, I have no idea what's, what they're going to face in Washington either because no one has any idea what anybody's doing. So, like, this is a different type of unwrapping Christmas gift for all of us, essentially, because this is my favorite time of the year. It's Wow, it's the Eagles. It's you know, it's week one. Of course, it's Washington. They don't even have a, a really a name, <laughs> so yeah. they could go in, uh, and you're just so I don't know what to expect. This is the first time in a in in my entire life of rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles that I'm not hyped, but I'm not disappointed. But I I don't know, Gary. My mind's all over the place as the season starts. To be honest with you. 
Yeah, it's funny that you say that. I was, you know, I listened to a ton of sports radio and they were start, they were trying to talk about it today. You get news stories dropped on you, but I'm 100% with you. Without the preseason, it's really hard to get a look at these guys. I would have loved to see what Jalen Hurts looked like running the third or second team. I'd love to see what Nate Sudfeld looked like. How do I know first drive against the Washington football team we're not coming out in a two-quarterback set? I just have no idea what to expect, which is just insanity. It's hard to get excited. I'm a huge Eagles fan, so I'm, I'm getting there. I'm 100% getting there. But I, like I said, I, I just don't know what to expect. It's going to be weird. I had to look up who was going to start for Washington. Is it either going to be Dwayne Haskins or is it Alex Smith? I didn't know because we can't talk about it because none of these guys have been at training camp. And there's yeah. a, and it, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kyle. I just hope they run Big Nickel because I just love saying Big Nickel. I've never <laughs> heard of it, but I've kind of mastered it. I've kind of learned it. It's like a three-safety high set. I don't know if Will Park's going on short-term IR now ruins the big nickel. I don't Joe, know. because then you got uh, – it's Marcus Epps is going to get some time in there, and I also think we're going to see a lot of Kayvon Walls. I actually think if we're talking about this whole big nickel set, the way the Eagles are going to play defense is kind of fascinating, and I think they're trying to figure out a way to match the speed in which the offenses are trying to now pull off. You see a, a Super Bowl winner in last year with Kansas City where all they did was spread you out and run all over you, then they took the middle of the field – middle of the field away by having an elite tight end I think what the Eagles are trying to do say hey we're going to play three safeties take one linebacker off and we're going to get fast linebackers to try and take away these tight end under routes and and not get beat over the top all at the same time having an and, you know a very good interior pass rush on the defensive line I think the Eagles are slowly rewriting how NFL defense is going to be played and I think we're all just very skeptical because it's new and it's different and we're not used to seeing something. Before before uh, the Eagles released their depth chart on, on social media, I couldn't name the top three linebackers. I knew T.J. Oh. Edwards was in there, but like Alex, Alex Singleton. Axel Singletary. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, you bet you're messing with my boy, and, it, and it be, you better put some respect on that name. It's Alex Singleton. Singleton, my bad. Your MB. He from the CFL and now in year two with the Eagles. Uh, and it's amazing that he made it, to be well, honest. John, I call, him, I call him Alex Singletary because he's going to be just as good as Mike Singletary. He's got the same kind of crazy eyes, but he's yeah, right. uh, Singleton has the better hair. Singleton. Uh, Gary, it's interesting that you mentioned all of that, too, because that is the exact same thing I said right before the draft. It's the exact same thing. And, and because you go – they, they are doing something completely different. You don't mm-hmm. go and sign Darius Slay and now have somebody that can take away a third, a half of that field, and then just be like, okay, cool, now we'll just run the same defense again. Over and over, Howie Roseman and many others, and Jeffrey Loy, I'm probably seething at every freaking deep ball that's that, that gets you know caught for that. I think they led the league in 20-plus yards at, at some point, like uh, per game or per season or whatever it was, and this has always been – like, what, what are they doing? And, like, at first he thought it was talent, and maybe it was talent and system colliding because, unfortunately, I'm sorry, Sidney Jones, you're, you're not here. Neither is Razul Douglas, and I don't think he was being used properly either. And uh, I, I, you, you start to think, like, man, these guys can't draft anybody. But at the same time, I don't know. I don't, I don't think defenses really have caught up to whatever Kansas City and San Francisco and all these other different people are throwing at them to beat them consistently, like, for a week maybe. But now every offense is, is starting to kind of adapt and do that. I've been saying for a long time now, too, uh, it just, just you, you just need one linebacker nowadays. And people will start realizing that as well. You know, and they think that that's going to transition and then that brings back the running game. But that's not what's really happening either. It's 
the offense is constantly trying to spread you out. So mm-hmm. the defense is saying, I don't really give a shit about yards anymore, which you shouldn't either, by the way. They're, like, that's something I preach every football season. Hello, we're back. Uh, that is why when you see yard totals, you go, wow, this offense is really moving up and down. It's because I, I think defenses have to find a way to contain or kill the quarterback. And that's what I think they're, they're starting to finally adapt to. Sucks that Hargrave is uh, is injured and is uh, not going to be going in this one because I think he's a, uh, a huge part of whatever they're cooking up here. But um, I, I can assure you, Kyle, that Big Nickel will be in your tongue just like RPO. Just give it a couple Fantastic. of weeks. That's all I ask for. <laughs> yeah. Keep going on the, uh, on the question marks. I mean, you know, Carson Wentz stay healthy. Obviously, the OL's banged up. Will the fact that Doug is the only returning NFC East coach play to their advantage? It's just really a, a season of question marks. And, and if you're an optimist, I think, you know, because the last time the Eagles won the Super Bowl, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I wasn't too high on the, on the season. I listened to a podcast Chris Long was on, and I don't think they thought they were too high on the season. No. Yeah, no, but no one – yeah, everybody was just kind of like, yeah, well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the uh, wait and see with Doug. That's right. Everybody was mm-hmm. kind of uh, very unsure about that. But um, – well, after yeah. Doug's first year, it's tough because, you know, you, you saw a lot of mistakes that a rookie head coach was making. I think he either very well – he very much mismanaged um, that Dallas game. And then we were also going into a season where Sam Bradford was still our starting quarterback. So 2017 was full of question marks. But I actually – if we're going to kick it back to this year, when Kyle's going all over those question marks, I wouldn't be concerned about the health of Carson Wentz. I have a feeling that this guy's back to back to 2017 form. I think he's hungry. He looks like he's bulked up a little bit. But what does terrify me is this offensive line. And specifically with the offensive line is the depth along it. They really can't sustain an injury to any of these top guys, which if we're if you're an Eagles fan, you know someone's eventually gonna get hurt. They already have. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But like it's gonna get it could get worse. Right. Yeah, and that's kind of and by the way. Real nice job, by the way, getting Jason Peters back at left tackle. Like, yeah. we all didn't see that, like, coming. I don't know. I still have a lot of weird tinfoil hat conspiracies about all that stuff, but whatever it is. Um, Feel free to I, let him out, John. Uh, JP is is Jerry Seinfeld. It always works out for him. Like, <laughs> this guy will always make sure that he's in the right spot that he needs to be, and I'm sure he, like, why on earth would he? Everybody ripped the fans the moment that they said, why can't he just play guard? He said he would at one point. And then beat writers would always fire back, this isn't Madden. And and then they just like <laughs> went and did it, right? And then so it did happen. And then and it, it still didn't happen. Like that that is that is how true that statement is, is he will not play guard. And, and I think it's obviously better. It's missing just one spot now. And I know that scared everybody, but it's still Jason Peters at 38. I still think he's more healthy than people give him credit for. I did, you know, maybe taking snaps off, plays out like whatever. Of course, it's going to happen. Yeah, the Andre Dillard um, injury is very, very unfortunate. Um, on top of now, like you are, uh, you have no idea what the future of that position is either. Yeah. And I don't think you really did going into the season, but now you have no better answers. So I, I don't know. I, I think that's part of. To, to Gary's point, Kyle, like I think they're, the reason why Carson is, is bulking up and doing all these different things is he's got to make plays and he knows he's got to stay upright and also try not to get injured. I don't think muscle like 
reduces your injury risk. And that might, I'm not obviously not to, uh, uh, in biology, if that's true or it's untrue. A little extra but, padding, that's all. Yeah, a little extra padding, a little extra cushion. Um, so I think they're trying, they're going to do a, a lot of stuff on the run and a lot of motions and a lot, you know, like, you have to move him around so he doesn't get hurt. You've invested a lot of money. I'm so obviously what, thinking the offense is changing too here. So I don't know. That's what, that's what, actually, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. Cause I'm, I'm under the impression that they're going to run their offensive scheme kind of with variations like San Francisco did last year. I mean, they brought in Rich Scangarello, who was obviously spent four years with Shanahan uh, as a senior offensive consultant. And if you kind of look at the two teams from last year, the Eagles are very similar built in terms of uh, the 49ers elite tight end, you know, not really any elite wide receivers, but fast guys and a mixture of speed and force at running back with Mostert, uh, Coleman, and then Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. So I think maybe to leave some of the pressure on the offensive line. And then also, you know, Doug saw what the 49ers did last year and a team that was picked to win eight games that was Vegas had for their over under. And obviously they went to the Super Bowl. So what do you think about that? I, I think they're going to hybrid from a lot of different spots, like to obviously meld in what they're doing and, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts being here for a reason, the speed that they drafted being there for a reason, I think you're absolutely right. Like, there's – you have to. I mean, if they're, if you're trying to build something to stop it, you also have to build something to beat it. So, um, I, I it, it seems to me that, that, you know, they're very disappointed in the output. Um, and I'm sure we're going to get into it too, but it seems like there's also reservations on – uh, the, the guy that can produce all, uh, that output too, and Doug, and like there's there's now been a lot of question marks since uh, the Jeff McLean article has come out. Very good timing again, once again by yeah. you, sir. Has uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure that was not planned by any means. Uh, but no. uh, Jeff uh, McLean knows what he's doing. Absolutely, no. He that's this is this is why you need the, the, the Jeff McLeans because he poses some interesting questions about all of those question marks, Kyle. So I, you know, I. I think that's on the table for sure. And Baltimore is an influence in all this. And that's why it's kind of interesting to me, because if you're right, Kyle, I, I think you are going to see a Ravens type of boom because the Ravens did the same thing. Everybody questioned that and then yelled at them for what they were doing. And then the next thing you know, they're the talk of the town and everybody wants to be them. So. And it's interesting that we kind of unpack this Jeff McClain uh, article as well, because, you know, the team has, let's, for lack of a better word, the team has regressed over the last two years. You can blame that on injuries, a regression of the quarterback. But if you read that article, it infers a lot that Doug Peterson doesn't have final say on his coaching staff, which is extremely interesting in itself. Um, even though I still like some of the names, I mean, Marty Morningway, a little bit of a retread, but, you know, he's still – I still think he is a good enough offensive guy to kind of hone in that West Coast system Doug wants to run. And then – the Scangarilla pickup, I really liked what they did with Drew Block towards the end of the last year. They were a little bit innovative. They're clearly going speed out in Denver. The Eagles are now going speed here. You know, he might not have final say on the coaching staff, but whoever does, I think did a hell of a job of bringing in more offensive minds this offseason. Yeah, I don't know what you think about that either, Kyle. I have some thoughts on it, but I, I was I, – I, do you think that they did the smart thing by replacing the coordinators and doing all that? Or do you think there's still questions with how they did that too? I worry about Press Taylor. I think, I think that Carson is, is not the easiest to get along with from what we've heard. 
Um, I know him and Grow kind of went after it a little bit. And if you kind of do maybe question him on a couple of things, he is a little more stubborn to, to change. Um, so a young guy like Press Taylor, when he came in and was a quality control coach, I do get worried about that. Um, I think Reich was perfect for him from everything I've read that, you know, he was able to, he had his ear, he was able to control. And I think Carson was also at that right age where he was willing to learn. Um, and then obviously played at an MVP level. So kind of, you know, I worry about is, you know, is Carson's success go to his head or whatnot. So I don't know if Press Taylor can get through to him. Um, I don't think you need an offensive coordinator. If, 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 as long as your coach can call the plays, in my opinion, um, I think, I think a quarterback's coach is, is, is just enough. I think there's a major mistakes that have been made, honestly, like just from, I mean, it was pretty evident in the press conference and all that stuff when Doug is going through the motions and uh, no, they're good to go. And you realize from Jeff McClain's words that that means like, I've already told these coaches they're not going anywhere. So I'm saying this publicly. And then you have to retract that because, you know, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie saying, whoa, 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 you know, we have an opportunity to go get X, Y, and Z and we'll get some really bright minds here. And they did chase some bright minds, and I credit them for going to do that. However, when you end up with with a couple of retreads, let's be honest here, that are trying to take from, you know, those brilliant minds in San Francisco and Baltimore and, you know, all respect to Marty Morningwig because he's been in this league for a very long time and done it with a lot of different people, but I don't think those guys are really innovators, and I don't think you're going to get too much pushback from Carson on those guys necessarily. To me, I believe Mike Groh got treated unfairly here only because you go and win a Super Bowl with him in 2017, and everyone raves about how great of a coach he is from the beginning the beginning of when he got there. But for, I was able to see it firsthand at training camp, and then you hear all the players go, Mike Groh's great, Mike Groh's great. And then you put him in an offensive coordinator spot where you're trying to go win back-to-back Super Bowls and then you're going to try and go and do it again. We obviously see that there's a lot of roster holes here. Uh, the you know offense uh, suddenly stalls and it's not as creative. But, I mean, sure, but it doesn't mean that Mike Groh is not a good coach. Now, he might not be a good offensive coordinator. We'll find out, but he's a good coach and is a great coach, according to a lot of your players that were in there to help you win that Super Bowl. So I think this is all fine. And I like the concepts of everything, but I believe just like many other things they've had to settle, and this seems like settling, and that doesn't really mean much because they settled for Doug Peterson too and won a, foot, uh, won a, uh, a uh, championship, a Super Bowl. Right, that whole thing. Uh, so, But it still leaves a, a bunch of question marks because I think they to go after, get a lot of brilliant minds, and nobody wanted to come work for him necessarily. So then what do you believe has to happen this year for – I mean, in that article, there was an inference of saying, you know, if this team continues to regress, more changes can be made. I simply think if you read between the lines there, it says, hey, Doug's replaceable. What do you think they have to do this season to kind of restore the confidence in Doug that they once had? Man, I think if you are – trying to judge whether or not to keep Doug Peterson in this particular season. Ooh, that's right, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, like, I mean it would be very early to let go of a guy who just won a Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's the weirdest thing about this, and that's, I think, why we're going to continue to have questions, more or less, is this guy gave you everything that the city couldn't do and you couldn't achieve with a, a lot of others, but still, like, 
this might be one of those things where Doug signed his contract that early, had success that early, and even with the extension was just like, I'm totally cool. I don't need to have say or, you know, coaching staff, like we can come to an co- agreement. It's a, co- a collaboration. So now when I think you start to hit these kind of uh, friction posts, you know, victory type of things of like, who's more important. I feel like we talk about that all the time. Like who's more important. Is it Carson West? Is it Howie Roseman? Is it Doug Peterson? Is it a, nope. is it a reverse chip Kelly right now? Is there like a power struggle between Doug and Howie? You think? I think this is going to happen regardless of, who the coach is, who the GM is, and who the owner is. I don't think that we give enough credit to saying Jeffrey Lurie is more like Jerry Jones than we think in terms of his involvement, in terms of wanting to win, in terms of loving you know, the city and doing it. And I think those are all great things. I don't think those are bad things, nor do I think what Jerry does is is bad. I just think it's stupid uh, most of the time. But, but uh, you know, like – it the same thing happened to Andy Reid, Joe Banner, and eventually Howie Roseman. Then two, and then you know Joe left, and then it was Andy and Howie, and Howie stayed, and now the same things are happening with a new cycle of coaches. I so believe that. Yeah, I think it's weird it doesn't have all these different permissions, but between Andy, <coughs> excuse me. But, I'm so sorry. You're gonna to have to. Well, you can leave it in. Leave it in. Coughs are fine. Uh, uh, um, the between uh, what they went through with Andy and like that whole the personnel and then not personnel, then to do it again with Chip, I just think they're exhausted at this point and like why kill a good thing? And Doug's just gonna to have to remain that way. However, I, I also think that that's that there's no way that that relationship ends positively. I just don't know which part of the triangle is. More vulnerable, but it's certainly more likely Doug Peterson in my eyes. At least that's what I took it from him, Gary and Kyle. You think Jeffrey just thinks like Howie's some wonderkin and he's more valuable to the to the franchise? Because I mean, oh, absolutely, yeah. There, uh, well, isn't he? There's no way. There's no way he would get. Re- I would never replace uh, or never think to replace Howie Roseman if it meant that I have to leave or lose Doug Peterson. What do you think about your opinion, though? Like, I, I, I think Doug is kind of a quintessential perfect coach because I think he is tough on them, but he's also a player's coach in some way. I think he's got a great middle ground, and I think he's very creative as long as he, he's, he remains creative. Like you said, it stalled last year a little bit. How much was that on Mike Grow? How much was on uh, Doug? But I would be, I'd be sad to see, you know, the tide shift and, and everything on, on Doug because I, I do think, you know, when it comes to – Howie is wonderful at the cap. No one's ever going to disagree with that. But you look at the drafts and you look at 2017, three years ago, all we got is Derek Barnett from that draft. And 2019 didn't look that good either. We only had five picks, but still. So it's like, you know, I understand he's, he's, he's a mastermind. He's a wonder team, but I don't know. I'm definitely team Doug if I had to pick a team over team Howie. Oh, personally, yes, probably. But I mean, I, well, I don't know at this point. To, you know, I, I don't know. I have no idea. It's odd because I, you know, you know, I've listened all day. People saying, "Who would you have?" And I think I'd still have to stick with Howie. Um, oddly enough, because you know, we keep talking about this crazy number of them being fifty-one million dollars over the cap next year. 
I don't think Howie's terrified of that at all. I think he already knows how he's going to fix that. It's one thing that the Eagles have always been good, very good at, all the way back to Joe Badner's. They, they always know how to manipulate that cap and make it work. I think they're one of the most innovative, forward-thinking, financial-ran organizations in the NFL. I don't, think, I, don't, I don't know another team that I think just always has cap space. I think the Patriots normally do, but they're also very smart up there. They're actually cheap. But, you know, the Howie Roseman thing. And they miss a lot in their drafts, by the way, Kyle. A lot. Yes. There you go. You know, that's a, that's a wonderful point, yes. But, you know, to the Howie Roseman drafting, I think we had this conversation a couple of days ago. The last couple ones haven't been bad. But some of those later round picks have worked out and are still key contributors here. I, I don't know how much I put on the Joe Douglas situation, although he's, apparently Joe Douglas is still very well respected and went and got a – high-profile GM job. So Andy Wydell still in the building. Um, I don't think Don Smolenski has anything to do with uh, roster construction. But, no. um, you know, I I, I think there's pro- – I mean, uh, the weird thing about the Jeff McLean article today was no one ever mentioned Deuce Staley. Where was Deuce Staley being mentioned in all in this in this hierarchy of the, the coaching tree? So I actually think if you had to lose a guy, I would, I would say it's, I'm, I'm waving goodbye to Doug and saying thank you very much for the Super Bowl. Man, yeah, like I uh, – yeah, no, I, I, I'd probably hang on. I, I'd probably stay with Howie too. Like I just – I know – I don't – we still honestly don't know what is and what isn't Doug, I, and we don't know what is and what isn't Carson. It's so also like crazy. I, it's a season of question marks. Well, it's right, I just like – I have no idea. It's crazy too sometimes because I still think there's very much a leash on Doug of when they let him talk. I mean, he stuck his foot in his mouth earlier this year when he said, I'm bringing these two guys back. And then two days later, he had to go out there, tail between his legs, explain it to the, to the media, and then, you know, he gets undercut. I, I, I just don't think they fully trust him, which is crazy because he won a Super Bowl with the thing they've always wanted. But at the same time, I just, for some – maybe it's because I've been around longer than Doug I, because I enjoy – I feel like I'm, I'm entitled to being a fan at this point – I don't know. I just think it's like, I think entitled I just, to be a fan. Sorry, I don't know. I feel like entitled, and I don't know how I don't know how to explain it. But it's just like you know. I'm entitled to be a goddamn yeah. fan. Yeah. I maybe I maybe I just feel entitled, but I I have greater faith in the organization than I do in Doug. I just think the organization will always find a way to put a winning product on the field. Here's here's what I'll say to kind of wrap that up. I guess I always believed that Doug Peterson was the heart and soul of it everything that moves back and forth in between that locker room, uh, you know, in between the sidelines and all that stuff to all that point, I think it's only fair now to question that, like, you can't even keep, you really can't keep your own coaching staff. Um, there's clearly been some times where you you're frustrated with like personnel that you can't even get like running backs that you really want, or like checking on with Darren Sproles, you know, that whole joke that was going on during the Super Bowl. So yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I think that makes me question why aren't you at least allowing him to have a little bit of a, a bigger piece of the pie, but m- maybe at this point, you know, Howie and Jeffrey Lurie are just going, we are never doing that again. I, I don't care how many Super Bowls they win or whatever, but I think that's unlikely given the circumstances of what they've done together. So I think it's... Oh, I my my I'm I'm moving towards oh man maybe Doug's not as good as we think he is to be honest with you, which I never thought I would be at. 
I never thought, I don't think two, I don't think uh, two days ago we'd be talking about this until that article came out today. I don't, I just, you know, as a guy who played sports, say mm. care, quit D3. You quit D3. <laughs> you quit sports. Uh, um, I think you play for the coach. You don't play for the GM. I think coaches are there day to day. 100% true. So I, yeah. I, 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 uh, I, think, I think it's, it's important a little from, different when you're getting paid, though. I think these guys sometimes are paying for the contract, too, playing for the contract. We could debate that. I don't think you still don't play for the GM, though. I think you hate, I think GM is, is literally there to take the ricochet shots. Yeah. Um, especially with, you know, everything going on with like Zach Ertz and, and them lowballing and those contract talks. Damn the stall. man. Yeah. So um, I think that's a good wrap up point. I want to ask you guys this one thing that needs to happen for the season to be successful in your mind, uh, Gare? I think that's plain and simple. This team has to make the playoffs. I think they have to make the playoffs and they have to win a playoff game. I think that puts a successful season. I don't know. I'm sure people are thinking, hey, this, there's so many question marks on this roster. Simply, they have to win a playoff game. Carson has to stay healthy and he has to get his first playoff win. That's what has to happen. Okay. This is going to be a little bit out of the box. But they need to have no more than six wins. They need to display... Jalen Hurts' ability to at least start somewhere down the line when the season is out of hand and bad. And that, if they can do those things, and Jalen Hurts is good, and they don't have more than six wins, it will be an insanely successful season for this franchise moving forward. I know it's not immediate success now, but that, and I am not asking them to tank. I'm just predicting the future here. You're, you're, pe- you're going pessimistic, Johnny, right now. It's not pessimistic. Yeah. It's just something that needs to happen, you know. Or they need to go sweep the, you know, they need to be like the heavy favorite heading into the playoffs or whatever it is, which I don't think is possible. So, so you don't want like a Sixers eight seed, like no, into the playoffs. I want to be number nine. Okay, number nine's okay. Like okay. you know, like I, I think that's what this team needs desperately more than anything right now. Do you think that you think they kind of need to know? Are you would you be okay if 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 obviously you would with a nice seed, and Doug loses his job if, as long as they can prove that Jalen Hurts is maybe the future? God, if you're telling me that Doug has to lose his job, that's a that makes me uncomfortable to be honest with you. Well, that's, the, well, that's funny <laughs> that's because a we great go great topic by the way. That that should that should we should dive into that. But it's just funny you go back to that article where it says more changes would be made if they regressed. They don't make the playoffs. They regressed. If those sources are correct, you well, can see and changes, and that's. I, I still remember Jeffrey Lurie distinctly saying about Chip Kelly's firing, uh, you know, in all, and I think he even mentioned he goes, "We gave Andy an extra shot during those times when he would go seven and nine or eight and eight, but he mm-hmm. would rebound and he would make the playoffs. So that's why we continued. And this time, we just didn't thought think that that could happen." You know, so when we took the same approach for Chip Kelly, it's the same thing. He didn't made the playoffs, and then he didn't, and then we didn't think he could. Well, he also dismantled the entire team. Well, that's you know, let's <laughs> let's not get into details. But uh, obviously, Doug has a lot longer rope than than pro, than Chip Kelly. But does he have longer rope than Andy Reid? Definitely I don't, not. I, I think, don't think so, which is weird to say. Um, so. I think Jeffrey Lurie has a little bit of Taylor Swift, a little star-crossed lover, hangry at the world right now that he got yeah. hurt on time, and now... But, 
<laughs> going to be afraid to make. He's going to be afraid to let someone run his, his organization away from him. I don't think it's possible that he can get fired this offseason, though, Kyle. So I'll I'll risk it. All right, counterpoint. I think Howie was a little foreshadowing on the WIP quote that everyone was running with. We don't build a team so that we're sitting at home in January. They're sitting at home in January. Well, what is he supposed to say? I'm just saying. <laughs> just I think there's a little foreshadowing there. It's just, it's just, it's kind of fishy that 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 uh, quote came out, and then Jeff McLean published his article. Just saying, putting the tinfoil hat on a little bit. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. So for for just to, to end this one, my successful season, I think I need Carson. Mine's really centered around Carson. I need four thousand yards, thirty around thirty touchdowns in a playoff win. I think they're going to be the first or second wild card team. So. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll uh, be either the fifth or sixth season. They'll beat a team that's technically on paper better than So them. where did uh, you draft them in your fantasy draft then, Kyle? I didn't, didn't do fantasy this year. Exactly. I didn't oh. do fantasy this year. Gary, where did you draft them this year? Uh, I'm not sure. Probably in like the ninth round. Okay. I grabbed them. It's respectable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Respectable. It's, you know, I mean, a little fantasy tip. I had the 12th pick, so you're the one. You're, you're at the turn. You got to start the run on positions if you're at the turn. That's Indeed. how you keep people on their toes. And you went what? Tell the crowd because it was very uh, impressive. Yeah. I went, I, you know, got to the 12th pick. <laughs> went to the 12th pick. I'm sure no one cares. I just went George Kittle, Travis Kelsey off the bat. It's a PPR league. Have fun finding a better tight end combo than that. Yeah, good luck. I had one. Is there? Is there? Do you guys have a, um, a player on the roster that you're, like, very excited to see play that's not really being talked about? Uh, oh, yeah, kind of. I'm uh, No. <laughs> no, I, don't, I, don't really, I, don't I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, like, I, I, I can't wait to see Jalen Rager. That's all I can yeah. think well, about. Well, yeah. In Hightower. I, I just think very understated signing was the nickel Roby Coleman signing. I think hmm. he uh, – I'm very excited. He's, oh, he's I thought very from, good. Oh, yeah. Overall, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I my think bad. the nickel Roby Coleman signing is like – people are gonna, he's going to be the Patrick Robinson of this team. Be like, holy Big shit, nickel. this guy can play. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, Absolutely. As long as I can just shout big nickel all day. I actually love their defense. <laughs> Oddly, I just like love their defense. Once Hargraves, I, I have a weird am, feeling it's going to be good. When's the last time I, you could say that? Uh, a long time. I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic about their defense. I mean, the last ecstatic. time I could probably say that was, you know, when you had a lead corner, Bradley Fetcher, Carrie Williams combo. Yeah. That was, that was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. For about, what, three games and then that just yeah. imploded. I, Carrie, I, I, Kerry I also was complaining about <laughs> practice three minutes into the season. Yeah. Sconces. Sconces. Man. Yeah. Shopping for sconces. Oh, man. All right. I want to get into a little betting preview focused around the Eagles. All right. Before we get into this segment, I wanted to talk to you about some really big news. The Water Boys have partnered with PointsBet. It is the fastest growing sports book in the world. Sign up today and use the promo code WATERBOYS. That's W-O-O-D-E-R boys to sign up now and get free money to bet with up to 250 bucks. That means a $50 deposit gets you 100 bucks in credits. 150 gets you 300, 250 to 500. You get it. It's math is tough. Just put it in there and there'll be extra money for you to bet on. It's free money. Take it and put it on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl 55 or the Phillies to win the World Series. Once again, that's promo code WATERBOYS, W-O-O-D-E-R, BOYS. And you can find that link in the description of this podcast episode. This offer currently only applies to new customers and is only available in New Jersey. So for right now, we'll kind of go down the line. Uh, total wins that Vegas has them at nine and a half, 22 to one Super Bowl champs, and then plus 130 to win the NFC East. And I believe 
plus 105 is coming in at them to finish second. So nine and a half. Over, under, John or Gary, feel free to take it away. What are you thinking? I'm, I'm going over. I can't pick against them. I, you know what? We've had two beat writers come on and tell me if I'm going to get into any type of media, eventually my fandom's going to have to go away. I refuse <laughs> to let that happen. I refuse, and I will take the over. And I'm, you're going to see the green glasses on the entire way through this betting wheel. Man, I bet, you know, like, you got to you gotta take the – it's not even about reporting. It's just about money here, Gary. You got to take the emotion out. This is, uh, this is, this is 101. Money one is sweeter than money earned, John. Uh, let's go. I'm going to slam the under here. Yeah. Slam the under. I don't think they can get to 10 wins. I think they can get to nine if everything goes right. I don't think they can yeah. get to 10. I, I agree 100%. I got them nine and seven. I think the hook is what gets them. Uh, I think they split the first six, three and three, and then lose to the Saints, the Packers away, Cowboys game, and then the fucking Seahawks. That, like, if you. If they beat the Seahawks, it's a, it's a successful season. Let's just go back to that. <laughs> yes. That's, Get that that's, monkey off the back. You lock that in. They will beat the Seahawks this year. Okay. That is a good, guarantee. Good. They're at home. If they go 1-15, the one win will be against the Seahawks. That's I fine. That would be a successful season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Carson Wentz, over-under 3,900 yards, over-under 27.5 TDs, over-under interceptions 9. So, where are we going on the yards, you think? I, if you want, I can go right down the list of all three. Go right down the list, my man. I like the over on the yards, under on the tu- under on the touchdowns, and over on the interceptions. Under like, on the under on the interceptions, over on the touchdowns, under on the yards. You don't think he throws for thirty more than thirty nine hundred yards? I think it's year? right on. I think it's like thirty eight, thirty eight okay. fifty. Some stupid. But, but you think yeah. he throws less than nine interceptions too? Uh, yes. I really? think he has, I think these guys. Are, I think he, these guys throw nothing but touchdowns, and there's like so many open windows that it's just almost okay. impossible to do so. It's just like baseball now: strike out or home run. Right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm over on the yards, over on the touchdowns, under on the interceptions. Two two last seasons of, of so you got MVP coming out. I got MVP yeah, for him. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's I think it's MVP or bust for, for Carson Wentz. I think we're either going to see a great Carson Wentz or we're going to see a Carson Wentz that we're like, oh, my God, is this guy the future or not? So Okay. Um, this one's interesting. I got a couple points on this one. Zach Ertz, over under 850 and a half. So you got the hook there, receiving yards. Mm. And then over under six touchdowns. Do you mind if I take this one first? Yeah, Please. go for it. All right. So this is either going to be a very good take or a very bad take in hindsight. <laughs> But I have Zach Ertz under in every single category. You can tell me wow. Zach Ertz averaging five catches a game. I would go under. And you know why? It's that weasel Howie Roseman is going to try to devalue him. <laughs> He's going to push the narrative that Dallas Goddard is the future. He's already hey. low-bought him in contract talks. Hold on. And now they've stalled, and he's about to turn 30 years old. When did Skip Bayless join the podcast? Hold on. Hold on. For 30, 30 years old, for some reason, football writers are so scared of people turning 30. Let's see a couple of these stats. So Tony Gonzalez caught 93 balls and was 70 short of 1,000 yards at 36. Antonio Gates, 12 TDs at 34. Pro Football Focus already has Dallas got it ranked. Someone has to come off the books next year in Ertz. So, and Howie's mouthpiece at WIP are going to push the narrative the whole season that Ertz has a slow start and that they should trade him. And that's why we're going under on Ertz. Take the under on everything Ertz. They're not throwing him the ball. Do you think Howie Roseman 
calls WIP and says, say this. Yep. Howie <laughs> Roseman went there on, th- on when did he go there? Tuesday, Monday. He goes, hey, listen, I'll join. By the way, if you, want, if you want to keep your paycheck. <laughs> yeah. You want me to come on? <laughs> say this. Yeah. I like you want me to go on weekly? You got to do that. You got to start pushing the, pushing yeah, the air. That Hold doesn't on a second. Hold happen on a second. like that. Uh, just for the regular. What do you got? Inside information? Well, hold on a second. We saw in All or Nothing that he listens to WIP on his rides to and from the stadium. And so, go birds. And, yeah. Well. <laughs> John just moved out. I just street, moved out. So. Yeah, if you, if you, if you didn't uh, see I that. I got the hook. Uh, they're on to us. Um, uh, no, that, uh, that was actually edited in. We were uh, – we sure. felt cool for one yeah. second, and then sure. that, uh, yeah. But listen. But really, they pay us to say everything. Yeah, we know. We know you guys are. We know you guys are mouthpiece for the Joe, organization. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever you don't like that we're we're that they're the paid uh, mouthpiece for. That's that's the one. And they're paying Joe Gillio way too much for that. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm gonna give this accurate under on yards. Uh, I think there's too many weapons this year. I think the ball will be spread around a little bit. I do like the over on touchdowns, though. He's a red zone beast. Um, and I think uh, they, they have a little bit of smaller wide receivers. If Alshon's healthy, that kind of puts him in. But in the red zone, I really like them either, one, running the ball, or two, the tight ends are probably going to be their biggest red zone asset. So I like the over on touchdowns, under on the yards. Over on 850 and a, and a half, right? Yeah, half mm-hmm. gets a hook. Uh, for sure. What were the touchdowns again? Six. Six. Yeah, over on that, too. And then uh, uh, what was the last one? That was it? That was it. And then you got over on the massive contract too, right? Yeah, and then over on the massive contract. (laughs) Although uh, what I was going to say right up until, you know, you went into uh, uh, the tinfoil hat side there, Kyle. It's like I didn't think you were that wrong. Like I didn't, I didn't, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if someone like that wouldn't be the first time that an NFL team has tried to devalue a player. It's a business. And uh, it's not a contract year for him either. So it's not like – the contract talks. The contract talk just bothers me. He guys got two years left on his deal. Just because everyone else is getting a contract doesn't mean he's going to get one. He'll get paid when it's time. You've seen it on the echo chamber. You've seen it on Twitter. They are already starting to devalue Earths. Oh, we talked so, about yeah. it. Mosher talked about it. <laughs> yes, it's hysterical. It's out there. Yeah, they. they uh, here's the thing. Everyone has been trying to devalue Zach Ertz since 2013. It's very true. <laughs> Like I don't understand. Very it. true. It was like they think he's soft. They don't think he can he's like yards Brent after the Selleck. catch. And so yeah, he's not Brent Selleck, and yet he's like breaking every Brent. He's like broken every Brent Selleck record that there could be. So uh, Zach Ertz is a wide receiver. That's, That's fine true. by me. How he's making bots accounts on on Twitter to devalue Zach Ertz. You hear to hear first. <laughs> okay. You will not be Spurks, the greatest tight end in Eagles history. No. Um, all right, move on. J- Jalen Rager receiving yards 650 and a half over under. Under, under, so under. I'm, I'm way hard under. What about Gary? Over, over, over. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins 2.0. <laughs> I hope you're right, man. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Uh, this one's awesome. Miles Sanders 1,375 and a half yards from scrimmage over under. Over. Yeah, big time. I think John I think. and I are just going to go opposites. I like the under. I think they're going to use Clement and Scott a good amount, Ooh. and I think they're just going to spread the ball around, although I hope I'm wrong because I love Miles Sanders almost as much as I love John Hightower. I know we're not even talking about him, but I'm already in love with that guy. <laughs> although I would say 
I don't think maybe they probably won't use Miles Sanders in the return game as much, right? Well, does that count towards the all? No, it's a scrimmage yard. Oh, scrimmage. Oh, yeah, my yeah, bad. I thought it was all purpose. My bad. Yeah. Uh, it was all purpose. Yeah, 100%. No, scrimmage is good then because they're, I mean, like, he is, it's still him and Zach Ertz. Like, what's changed? Deshaun might be healthy, sure. Yeah, but I mean, like, they're still the offense until proven otherwise. Did you not otherwise. just hear me? We have, we have DeAndre Hopkins 2.0. Oh, I'm Lyra sorry. Saber. My bad. Yeah. My, like, bad. Come on, yeah. my bad. So you're still going over, John? Uh, I'll still, yeah, still over. Yep. Listen. Love the confidence. We might be knocking on 2,000 yards from scrimmage. All right. Wow. 1,000 uh, on the ground, 1,000 in the air. Is that what we're doing? Let's do that. Why not? A little <laughs> CJ2K action. That was all rushing yards, though, Kyle. Yeah. And then <laughs> – well, still, it was still from scrimmage. It was still awesome. <laughs> um, and then we'll f- finish up with week one. Minus six against Washington, over under 42 and a half. Where do we got that? Give me the birds, outright winners, but I like the under. <laughs> do you want to do, do you want to do the spread, or are you just going to say outright? I'm winner? just going to say outright. Get give me the six points. I'll take them all day. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely taking. I'll take the birds in the six, even though it's going to be a it's going to be a real good sweat. Uh, man, forty two. They have no idea. They have no idea. Right? What do you think? No, no one has it. I, I. Oh no, I, they have no I, idea. I'm hammering the over because really that's way- hammering overs here. I thought you were going to say hammer unders. I, I like why no on preparation. There, there's no way that is a that there is going to be so much scoring in this game, right? Like that's what I feel. Who the I think, hell is going to score for the Washington football team? They don't have a name. Well, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think that defense for maybe Washington the Eagles covered by themselves. I think the Washington defense is, is, is pretty good. That line is awesome. And then Chase Young, obviously. I mean, that um, line's great, but you can name, a, name one player in that secondary. True. Um, yeah, thank fair. you. Yeah, with a lot of speed. Yeah, I is guess Sue, right. Sue Cravens, maybe? Is he still there? No, no, he's long okay. gone. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> okay. That was, a, that was a guess. Wait, Landon Collins. Landon Collins is there now. There you go. Boom, nailed it. I'm going skins points because we. I feel like we never play the skins well. Okay. First game of the season. Um, I can see that's a 14-3 going to halftime, but nobody – yeah. Um, 14-3 Redskins, excuse me. Um, and yeah. then I'm going to go under 14.5. I think it's like a 21-13 kind of – 21-17 win. Is there a line on the first half? Because if there's a first half line, I would take the Redskins. There's definitely a first half line. I just don't yeah. have it. Well, yeah, we just don't have it. But <laughs> I know it exists. But I would take the Redskins on the first half line there, guys. Uh, okay. All right, to finish this up, we want to do something a little fun. How many chuggas before choo-choo? I saw this going around Twitter. <laughs> There's two. That's it. Chugga-chugga-choo-choo. Yeah. I'm going to say it's three. Chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga. No, no it's chugga-chugga-chugga. No. Three's weird. Choo-choo. Yeah, it can't be an odd number. It's three. I'm going eight. <laughs> I'm going Stupid. eight. I know what you're doing. Stop it. No, I'm going eight because you, got, you can't just – you can't have torque – from a train with just two chuggas. You need eight chuggas at least. <laughs> Trains just don't turn on and just start going off of two chuggas. Eight, you need eight. Chugga, 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 choo, choo. Come on, that sounds. <laughs> Gary, you look the, like you look now, There's not a single train in the world that still operates on chuggas in the first place. Now it's just this faction of speak. The only place that still has steam engines is Disney World. I guess that's true. 
Right? I think there's there's got to be one steam engine out there. There's got to be some steam engines out here. You really think there's a steam engine in operation that's... Aren't freight? Don't freight work off of coal? It's not steam, Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of freights that come around Philadelphia. Simply not steam. Freight. (laughs) Coal, like, burns and it produces steam. work off coal. Man, that was amazing. Uh... To, like what who first of all who are we giving the chugga chuggas to like are we doing this in storybook form are we telling it to a kid like i mean you have it, kids so i guess you're kind of like the the master of chuggas uh, yes too because you just gotta get to it like who has like, time you're for reading, eight fucking chuggas you're reading a nice little bedtime story you're building up the story and everything how many chuggas and just this, two well because chuggington cha 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 Cha, 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 uh, Chuggington. I don't know what this is. Right over one of the fuckers with the duh, duh, duh. You don't know Chuggington? Oh, yeah, you, you guys need yourself? it. Uh, no, no. This is like what kids watch now. Oh. Well, we <laughs> I don't have kids. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll learn this. We'll learn that one. So, so, to, so to wrap it up and put a button on it, uh, yeah, two Chuggas. So, who has time for four or eight? I'm just going to go ahead and give John the win because if you were on the studio, if you were like in the studio, you know, Dawkins comes through the line, you don't have time to say three. You got to say two, get to the next highlight. So I'm with John, oh. just so Kyle loses. <laughs> two chuggas. All right, two chuggas. Done. Three with an asterisk. All right, that's the Water Boys podcast. I'm Kyle. That's Gary. And we were joined by executive producer John Barchard. As always, please rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for everybody that's already been listening, that has been listening, that has continued to listen. And uh, go, birds. Go Birds. Go Birds. The Winter Boys podcast was created and hosted by Gary Lay and Kyle Pagan with contributions from Jason Green, executive producer John Barchard, and our theme song is Telescope by the Pine Bears.